just sense there's, um, we're moving forward. I'm trying to think of the word when, what is it, what's the word when you get momentum? Thank you. We're getting more momentum in the spirit, not in the flesh, in the spirit. And I can see that in the men, it was, it was crazy. Um, just right from the start, there was, as Russell said, there was an expectation, there was a hunger, there was, there was a different appetite turned up than what there has been. And I just sense, guys, we're just getting hungrier and hungrier. And as we get hungrier and hungrier and we eat and we partake, because Jesus said, eat of my life. As the word goes in, then the word comes out. And the word is love, and the word is joy, and the word is peace, and the word is health. And see, this is when Christ in us, because he's in us and he's being established in us, when he starts to come through us, other people can receive him. So they receive love. It's phenomenal to think that as sons, you and I can administer and minister the love of the Father. Do you realize that? Do you realize that you and I were called to administer the love of the Father? That's the commandment, to love one another as I have loved. Another human being can receive agape, a love that's patient, a love that's kind, a love that believes all things. It holds no wrongs. Why? Because the wisdom of God is being demonstrated in and through the church. See, the greatest thing a father can give his son is money? Yes or no? No. The greatest thing a father could give a son is maybe a bride. The greatest thing a father can give his son is wisdom. Solomon, Simon. (laughs) Solomon, do you ask for wisdom from your father? Solomon asked for wisdom. He could have asked for anything. He asked for wisdom. And We've been looking at the wisdom of God. So if you're with us for the first time, that's what we've been looking at over the last few weeks. What is the wisdom of God? Is it one's ability to read this book, intellectually understand it, and then talk? Is that what the wisdom of God is? Or is the wisdom of God the demonstration of God on the earth? Is the wisdom of God literally the physical manifestation of God on the earth? So people can touch, they can taste, they can smell, they can see a physical demonstration of something, not some abstract concept that's talked about. I'm going for number two rather than number one. And you and I, as I've said, are sons if we've invited Christ into our lives as Lord and Saviour and asked us to cleanse us from our sin and iniquity. We are in his family, amen? We're children. I was born into the Simnor household and just because my behaviour at times didn't align to the Simnor household and culture didn't mean I was not a son. My mum and dad loved me even though my behaviour didn't quite align, only once or twice. What are you laughing about, Mark? (laughs) I can't pick DVDs to save myself, amen. But anyway, that's another story, okay? Which I'm sure you're going to hear about later. But my behaviour didn't determine my belonging in the family. Because my mum and dad loved me unconditionally, I'm talking about in the human and the flesh, unconditionally in the family. 
And as I knew I belonged, then I started to believe. I started to believe in who they were saying I was. I started to believe and understand why the values and the culture of my family were what they were. I started to understand that actually it's good for me to come under the value system and the culture of the family that my parents were setting. Even though my flesh at times wanted to do its own thing and I wrestled with that and because of that my behaviour didn't stand up to that and I wore the consequences of that, I still belonged. But the more I understood that this was for me, not to hinder me but to help me, then my behaviour naturally started to shift and align itself to the belonging that I knew. It wasn't a struggle. It was an outcome. It was a natural outcome of belonging. Phenomenal, isn't it? And this is what it's like in his house when we ask for wisdom. We ask for wisdom. Solomon asked for wisdom. What is the wisdom of God? Let me tell you, the wisdom of God is God being built in you and I because we are the church and then being demonstrated through the church. It's not me trying to demonstrate God in me. It's God living in me coming through me. So I'm this vessel that he pours himself into as I surrender, and then he fills me with himself. So I receive the benefactor of that. I now have a joy and a love within me that I didn't have before because it's of the spirit, not of the flesh. So I'm in a restful position because I've ceased from my works and now I've entered into his rest. So personally, I get to experience this incredible life in the spirit for me And then him then comes through me, which means other people get to experience him in me. And that is the wisdom of God. So it's literally God being demonstrated on the earth through his vehicle called the church. And we have been invited to partake of what I just said. Did you know that? Did you? Do you know who you've been called to be? I mean, this, I was sharing with the guys, I said, this, this is, there's not quite words to, des- to describe how phenomenal, how huge his purposes are for you and I. And guys, we, we limit it to this. I'm a sinner who needs saving. So thank you for dying for me because I don't want to go to this place called hell and I'm longing and waiting for heaven. And that's it. That's pretty much it. And I go on my life and I might go on a mission trip to my neighbours or to Cambodia and I might put some money in a bucket here, have a cup of tea in the cafe, go home and life just, I live life. Okay, nothing wrong with that. But if you knew this was the invite, and you knew it was for you, wouldn't you want it? 
And this is what we've been singing, speaking, declaring for six years now, five years, the reality of who you and I have been chosen, called, predestined to be, become, demonstrate. I started a few weeks ago, and, and everyone that's speaking is, is adding. So Mel spoke last week, and it's, it's adding to what we're talking about in the wisdom of God. And my hope is that as we're speaking, you're quick to hear. The Bible says, be quick to hear and slow to speak. Why do you think that is? If faith comes through hearing, then God would say, be quick to hear. And slow. So do you find yourself being quick to hear or quick to speak? Now, when I say that, I'm meaning more than just that. I'm meaning, are you a little bit like, agitated? I wish he'd hurry up and say what he's got to say because I've got other things to do. I think about this, I've got my to-do list. Oh man, when are you going to finish? been going now for 45 minutes. He's only supposed to speak for 30. Anyway. Or are you this? Be still and know I'm God and I'm quick to hear. Silence is amazing, eh? Hear a lot in the silence. There are many voices that speak. And you have to hear the voice in amongst the many. He says, be quick to hear. So we've been declaring something and I'm hoping that we're hearing because everything's building upon itself. And as you go through 1 Corinthians 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 and so on, there's a pattern that's building. So by the time you get to about verse 7, sorry, chapter 7, and Paul starts talking about a realm around how you're supposed to live. If you haven't had the food being built up, you're not going to be living as we're according to live. Because the sustenance and the food that you're getting throughout the chapters of 1, 2, 3 is preparing you now for 7 eight, nine, and ten. So when he starts talking like this, if you're married, live as if you're not, you understand exactly what he's saying. When you read, if you have much, live as if you haven't, you understand what he's saying. He's not saying go get a divorce. He's saying that if the one you're married to is entangled in your heart, you're in trouble. Why? Because we're supposed to be living in an undistracted devotion to the Lord. He says it's better for a man not to marry. Why? Because then he gets all tangled in his wife's affairs and the affairs of the world and what she thinks and everything she wants done. She wants this new and that new and this new and that new. She's not happy with this and she's not happy with that. And the guy is literally entangled in creating an empire for his family. But he's supposed to be a kingdom builder. But he's an empire builder for himself and his wife and his children. And he's so busy being entangled up in empire building, he doesn't have the time to seek first the kingdom. Oh, and his righteousness, guys. 
Same with a wife. And of a husband that doesn't. The Bible says she gets entangled up in the concerns for her husband. So her husband's got her doing this and that and this and that and this and that and this and that. And she's also entangled up now in being his empire builder. And so you've got two empire builders. But I can't read about building empires. I read about building the kingdom and being part of the kingdom and seeking first God and God building the kingdom because God says the kingdom is within you. So we're to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and I'm going to add three things. We tend to make it ten things. (laughs) But the word actually says three things. Food, clothing, shelter. Jesus is the bread of life, so he's the food. Jesus is water. Jesus is shelter, isn't he? Aren't those the three basic commodities that every human being needs to survive? Ah, what is he trying to tell us? Seek first my kingdom, my righteousness. I'll add those things. And you're preparing to becoming my people. The people that I have predestined for you to become. So you will then be able to partake of something that's for you all. Wow. Once again, What a phenomenal invitation for you and I. And so, once again, I'm praying, believing, hoping that everything that's being declared here, it is not just another message that we do because we're religious people. This is food to chew on which will change you if you take it, meditate on it, chew it over and ask the Holy Spirit to bring it to life in you. So the challenge is this, are we? Or are we just chewing on us and our empires? What are we living for? Who are we living for? What are we living for? Are we living a life worthy of who we've been called to be and become? Because the good, good Father has sealed the deal invited us and I just can't think of a great invitation any person who is living and breathing and kicking and who is in him could hope to receive Amen So God we need your wisdom we need the living reality of you being demonstrated within us so here's just a couple of things that we've said on this journey so far or that I've said the wisdom of the world and the wisdom of God are operating systems. So there's two operating systems of wisdom. The wisdom of the world, it's called the flesh, and the wisdom of God, which is the spirit. And we can operate from either or. We're to be operating from the wisdom of God and the spirit, but because the flesh still exists, we have two operating systems living within us. And God says you are to operate from the operating system of the spirit, walking in the spirit, living from the spirit, 24-7, it's a way of being. Like I said, it's not something you go in and out of. It's something that's being built consistently. So as he increases, you decrease. And now you're hearing in the spirit, seeing in the spirit, speaking spiritual words that people can understand. That was number one. 
And we said the word of the cross, Christ crucified, is what God gives us to kill the flesh, which then prepares us, makes us ready to receive the living manna. Okay? So let's come on to 1 Corinthians 1, 22. 1 Corinthians 1, 22. Okay, 1 Corinthians 1, 22. For indeed Jews ask for signs and Greeks search for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to Jews a stumbling block and to Gentiles foolishness. But to those who are the called, are you called? So this is for you and me, yeah? If you're called, this message is for you. Both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. So Christ is the power of God. And Christ is the wisdom of God. Write that down if you've got notes. Christ is the wisdom of God. Christ is the power of God. If Jesus is the wisdom of God, this will become behind me, that's on the PowerPoint. If Jesus is the wisdom of God and Jesus is the power of God and the spirit of truth lives in us, then Christ's life being demonstrated in and through us is the wisdom of God. If Jesus is the wisdom of God and Jesus is the power of God, remember all things came into being through Christ, yes? All things. Everything is contained within Christ. Where does Christ live? Within us. Where's the Spirit? In us. On the revelation of who the church is being built. So, if Jesus is the wisdom of God and Jesus is the power of God, and the spirit of truth lives in us, then Christ's life being demonstrated in and through us is the wisdom of God. Put it this way, the wisdom of God is the demonstration of God in and through the church, through the power of the spirit. The wisdom of God is the demonstration of God in and through you and I through the power of the Spirit. The Word is to become life in us because when it is, then His life is coming through us. When the Word becomes living in us, it comes out of us. It's simple what I'm saying, but it's deeply profound. And it is of the spiritual realm, not the physical so I need to say it again. You probably need to take these words away and meditate on them and think and allow God to renew your mind. He is the wisdom of God. He is the power of God. So Christ in me being more revealed because I am the vessel that contains the Spirit and the living Word is sent to change me, isn't it? The Word is living and active, isn't it? Jesus said, eat of me, didn't he? But a whole lot of people said, this is way too hard to listen to. See, they weren't hearing with spiritual ears. They were listening with physical ears, coming up with their own conclusion. 
Well, it was the opposite conclusion to what the Spirit was saying. We don't do that, but if we're of the Spirit, can you see? Now, this is what Paul says. Okay, this is Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 2.4. To back up what I just said, here's the scripture. 1 Corinthians 2.4. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Demonstration of the Spirit, Spirit of truth, God, and of power. Was Jesus not the power of God? And Jesus is in Paul. So he's saying, you know, my preaching, it's, I don't come with this well-articulated, audible message. I do come with words, we're going to look at that. But it's not about that. Why? So your faith is not dependent on the wisdom of man. It's to show you that I take these low things and I bring them up as wisdom. You put it on this and I make that look stupid and I put it on that. So the very thing that you don't think it's about, it is about. And the things you think it's about, it's not about. So don't we? We do this. We think someone who has the ability in whatever environment to get up and speak and be an orator. And it sounds so beautiful. They must be so wise. Maybe, maybe not. If they're not able to demonstrate the realm because wisdom of God is demonstration of God. Where? in the church and through the church so the church is able to be the manifold wisdom of God spread throughout the earth. But that has to be a dead church made alive. See, Jesus comes for dead people and he gives them life in the spirit and then he says, walk. He doesn't come to modify us and our behaviour. He comes to kill us and then birth us into this brand new life called life in the spirit. Not tweak your hair, tweak your hair because your mind hasn't got it quite right thing. No, you're evil, dysfunctional, messed up, couldn't even get it together if you wanted to try compared to the spirit realm. Oh, you know how to do this and you know how to build towers and you know how to make cars and you know how to do that. You know how to do this, but you're really evil still. No, I'm not. I'm a good guy. No, you're not. You're not. There's no one is good. Only the Father is good. But Lord, haven't you seen me? I'm working out. I'm trying to get my glorified body before time. I want to be able to stand there and go past. Yeah, look at that. And you see, man, I'm the, I'm the man. You might be the man in your own eyes, but you ain't the man in my eyes. Can you hear what I'm saying? And we make that wisdom. Oh, wow. Ten books out by now. He must be wise. Maybe, maybe not. I'll tell you what wisdom looks like, being able to love like Christ. What wisdom looks like is being in rest when everyone else is freaking out and panicking 
What wisdom looks like is being able to demonstrate a peace that guards your heart and your mind when your circumstance and your situation is saying, go crazy. That's what wisdom looks like. Wisdom looks like serving someone out of a place of humility. Wisdom looks like going to someone who's persecuting you and loving on them for them to slap you in the face and revile you. That's what wisdom of God looks like because that's what Jesus looks like. And I'm a follower of Jesus. So if I'm a follower of Jesus, Paul said, I'm going to imitate the one that I follow. And you can because I've given you power. And it's contained in the one who is power, which is the Christ. And he's the one that bought and paid for your stuff. So you better get to know him within you because if you know him within your heart and mind, guess what you're able to do? Demonstrate him. It's so huge, we almost, it blows us out the water, doesn't it? See, the reality of the enormity of who we've called to become can actually blow us out of the water. It can actually propel us away from him rather than to him because we're looking through the wrong lens. And so we look through a lens of fear which shrinks us back as opposed to a lens of faith which lifts us up. Do you mean that is for us? And so I run towards it, not running away. Oh, he's coming. Is he still there? Is he? He's still there. I'm running. It was Adam in the garden. Why? Because he thought his sin disqualified him. He thought his iniquity disqualified him. doesn't disqualify you. You belong to me. Yes, you've made a mistake, but you belong to me. Now look through the lens, my lens, and see who I'm calling you to be and become. That you can be in me as you die and let me be God. Let me be Lord. I will establish my kingdom in you and through you and you will experience my literal life in you. And deep will cry out too deep. If any man is thirsty, let them come to me and drink. And he who believes in me as the scriptures declare... Not what I say. That tells me what I'm preaching is possible. And I believe it and I am experiencing it. And I'm here to tell you it's for you too. But do you believe it's for you? The man who believes is saved. Not the man who's casual. Oh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I'll put it over the shelf. and The man who believes. Do we believe? Do we have a conviction? Or have we been brought up with religion? Religion stinks. Religion is man's attempt of self-modification back to the Father. It gets you nowhere. Die to religion. Be born again through the power of Christ who is the wisdom of God and the power of God to set the church free and to propel her into her identity of who she's called to become and be and do. Woo! And every angel and person said, Amen! See, when you put your hand up before I started, that's what you asked for. Did I hoodwink you? I'm not. That's what you just asked him for. So be prepared. 
I remember I've shared this with you. I said, God, I don't want to play church. You said, really? I heard that prayer some five years ago. Today's the day I'm calling for it. I'm asking you, are you going to not play? I'm not that I, didn't, I wasn't playing, but the decisions that were going to have to be made and the direction and the turn of this ship that was going to happen, he said, are you serious about that? Yes, Lord, then let's go. And you know, if you've been here for the last five, six years, you know this ship has turned, hasn't it? You don't turn a big oil tanker quickly. You may have think it's been turning quickly. If I'd had my way, it would have been like this. <laughs> and none of us would have been there. We would have all gone, Wah! And God is turning her. And so... Our purpose has changed. If you're new, it used to be transforming lives by giving ourselves away. It is now knowing Him. Loving others through knowing Him and then walking together. And as we do that, we will demonstrate Him to the world. You don't have to make it into a vision statement if you are it. It will naturally happen. Why aren't we reaching lost people? Because if we are the body of Christ, if we are sons growing up, we will reach lost people. You don't have to tell people to reach lost people. They will. It's a natural outcome of knowing Him. Prayer is a natural outcome of knowing Him. Giving is a natural outcome of knowing Him. Serving is a natural outcome of knowing Him. So if we're struggling with that, that is why our vision is to know Him. Is it clear now, if you've been asking questions? It's so simple, we miss it because we're not in the wisdom of God. Look, it's so simple. And because it's so simple, our flesh, which is the wisdom of God, goes, that's too simple. It must be more complicated than that. Can you hear what I'm saying? God makes it simple. Look, it is deep and it is profound what sits behind knowing him. But he says this, I am afraid that you Corinthians have been deceived in your minds from the purity and the devotion of knowing Jesus Christ. I am afraid that you've been deceived in your minds, led astray by the enemy And he compares it to the fall of man. So he's comparing the fall of man to the church being deceived from knowing Jesus. Because we say we already know him, but if we already know him, how come the demonstration of his life is not being administered through the church? Can anyone ask me the question? Answer, sorry, not ask. Now it is, but let's be honest. Who wants what I've been talking about more? Who's saying they're doing it fully? Yeah? So we're loving with agape love, yeah? Unconditional love. If we are reviled, we don't revile back. Are we holding no wrongs? Are we patient? It's all gone silent all of a sudden. See, when you put his standard up and you measure yourself by his standard, oh. When you measure yourself by your own standard, which the Bible says not to do because that lacks understanding, Then you get a different, of course I'm good. That's me before, I'm a good guy. No, you're evil. No, I'm a good guy. No, you're evil. Who's talking? 
Who's saying I'm evil? Ponka, who's that? I'm a good guy. Am I a good guy? Don't answer the question. <laughs> she waited too long. <laughs> she must know something I don't. Do you know that's a real statement? That people know things you don't know because you, when you measure yourself by yourself, you never see yourself through the true light. But God does. But here's the cool thing. God's love is always present. So he says, my love's going nowhere and because I love you, I want to show you. Why? So you can turn to me, repent and receive what I have for you. It's a beautiful thing for God to show you where you're truly at in him. So then you can partake of what he has. Because if you don't know, you're not partaking. You think you are, but you're being hoodwinked by yourself. And then when you're called upon to demonstrate, that's when you get found out. Correct? So when he says, people pray for patience, I say, don't pray for patience, pray for love. Love is patient. Who is love? God. Who is the wisdom of God? Jesus. Who is the power of God? Jesus. Who again is love? Jesus. Why is everything contained in Jesus? Because everything is contained in Jesus. And we're all looking for stuff. He's going, do you want more of me? We're going, no, no, we've got to go do this and find this and find this and find this. He's going, over here. Do you want more of me? No, 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 we're over here, we're over here. And we've got to figure out what this is and what this is and what this is. He's going, Greg, do you want to have it? No, 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 shut up, man, shut up. No, no, it's all good. I'm looking over here. He says, everything is contained within me, Colossians 2 to 2 to 4. Everything, the power of God, the wisdom of God, the love of God, the joy of God, the rest of it is found in this person. I'm naked now. I've got to do more cardio at the gym. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 11.1. Be imitators of me, just as I also am an imitator of Christ. So Paul's desire was to imitate the one he loved in everything, didn't he? That's why you see Paul say, I want to know him more than what I know him. I want to know the power that's contained in the resurrection. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave. I want to know that power. That power is contained where? Help me, come on. Who's the power? Jesus. And I want to have fellowship with his. You know what you put your hand up for before? Yeah, I did hoodwink you. I got you good this morning. The Bible calls that being as subtle as a dove and as shrewd as a serpent. So the church comes into who the church is called to come into. You see, I want to imitate my Lord and Saviour. The man is so in love and the man knows him so much that God, who really wrote his word through the agency of man, let that be written in his Bible. So Paul becomes a type for us to follow, yes? Jesus is obviously the ultimate type. So now you've got these types. My son, this man called Paul. Paul writes 
and shares with us what wisdom is. So he says, I'm not a man who comes with persuasive words. I'm a man who comes in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Power of a resurrected life. An indestructible life in the Spirit. The man sings songs in prison cells when he's been whipped, beaten, changed with his best mate called Silas and they don't go, let's have a pity party. God, how do we end up here? Doing the will of God sucks, Paul. Really does, mate. You, you, you hoodwinked me there, didn't you? Eh? You said if we follow Jesus, he'll bless us. You said if you follow Jesus, give me a big car. You said if we follow Jesus, he'll look after everything. And we're in prison. Good on you, pal. No. These men knew their Lord and Saviour. These men were filled with the power of Jesus, the wisdom of Jesus. And so what do they do? Who can tell me? They start to sing. I mean, it doesn't get more worse than this, maybe, does it, apart from being executed. And they're not letting their external get in the way. Why? Because the internal realm which they are living from, from, called the kingdom of God in them. Where did Jesus say the kingdom was? So if the kingdom is in us and it's being established in us through the power of the Holy Spirit, you live from the kingdom. Revelation 1.6, God says, I'm building you to be a kingdom and priests. See, do we know who we are? So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to keep telling you who God calls us to be. So who are these men? dark, dingy prison, and they start singing, All that is within me, Christ, for you alone be glorified, Emmanuel, God with us. My heart sings a brand new song, the debt is paid, these chains are gone, Emmanuel, God with us. And you know what happens? What happens in the story? Ha! The power of God given comes, boom! People are like, what happened, man? Is this the story where the prisoners, is this, just help me, because I don't want to say something that's not this, but is this the one where the, the gates all burst open? So if you're a prisoner and you don't know the Lord and the gates burst open and you've got your opportunity for freedom, aren't you going to run? Why didn't they run? Because you know what happens when the power and the wisdom of Jesus and the power of Jesus turns up? It overrides the flesh. You know what happens when the power of Jesus and the wisdom of Jesus which is in you is released? It overrides your flesh. It kills your flesh. Your flesh no longer lives. Why? Because what is in you is greater than your flesh. That's why we need to ask him to reveal himself in us, the word in us, because it trumps you and you are flesh without him. So all these men that are prisoners, criminals, have an opportunity to run and they're like awestruck. Because the wisdom of God is 
present. And two men, okay? Not 200 men, two men. It was two that came out of the land and gave a good report. Oh, coincidence? Maybe not. Two men from within them. Demonstration of Christ draws the presence of God. Unbelievable. I don't need those anyways. Healing my eyes. So you take that, what I just said, is this place a prison? Is this a place of hardship? So what would happen if a couple of hundred people walked in with what's in them and started singing? What happened? Power of God fell. Chains broken, people set free. Power of God comes. You believe that's possible? We experienced it a little bit last night through an angelic realm turning up and singing with us. See, we don't come here to come to church. We come here because the church comes to worship. The church is allowed to have fun as it worships the God of fun. And every religious spirit needs to leave. And go hang out with all the miserable people on the other side of the world. Hear what I'm saying? Well, get changed and come into what's for you. Because a religious spirit is a miserable spirit to be around. And as I shared with the men, it quenches the spirit of God. It lords over people and tries to lead them away from what God's doing. When Bartimaeus was on the side of the road and he needed to be healed, and he started to scream out and said, those who led the procession told him to shut up. Those who led the procession told him to shut up. Why? Because religious people are scared of a new thing. Religious people are scared of the power of God, the wisdom of God. Why? Because it challenges their position and it challenges them staying in control of their own lives. But the very thing that we need to shake us and rattle us out of our lives is the power of God. So we run away from the solution. But the solution scares us because we don't know it. And what we don't know, we want to sweep under the carpet because we want to be people who stay in control, don't we? I'm talking to me. But that's not a place of life. That's a place of death. How many people want to understand? If you can understand, we've said this before, if you can understand God, isn't that a small God? Do you want to worship the creator of the universe or do you want to worship your version of your God? Because your version, my version of our God will get us nowhere. Look, it'll be nice, comfortable lives, we'll have a nice life, we'll have a nice house, and then we'll die and realise at a judgment seat who we were really called to be. One Corinthians four nineteen to twenty one, then I'm gonna finish. But I will come to you soon if the Lord wills, and I shall find out not the words of those who are arrogant, but their power. 
For the kingdom of God does not consist in words, but in power. Is that a challenge for us? I'm going to ask you again, where is the kingdom of God? So the kingdom of God does not consist in words. Can you hear? I'm speaking something profound here. I hope you can hear what I'm saying. I'm challenging a mindset. It comes in power. What did Paul say? I'm not a man who comes in persuasive words. I'm a man who comes in the the demonstration of the Spirit. So, if we're not able to demonstrate a reality, then Paul says it this way, keep your mouth closed. Paul says, I'm only going to speak. He says, I don't presume to speak of anything that has not been accomplished through me. Because I don't know if it's me or God. So the only thing I should be speaking is the living revealed thing that's happening in me. Because that's where the power is and it's the power of Jesus released to the church that builds the church. Not just fancy words. Technically, theologically may be correct, but no life, no demonstration, no power behind it, so no change. So this is a challenge for us. Can you see why the Bible says seek first the kingdom and his righteousness? So if the kingdom of God is within you and the kingdom's not about words but of power and Jesus Christ lives within us, then aren't we to be living from the power of God? And yet it's the power of God that changes the church. So are we living from the reality of Christ in us? Or is it more of an abstract thought content that we sort of go, yeah, he is, but then I live. I talked about wrestling with the Father for a reality to the guys. And I talked about God loves to wrestle. He wrestled with Jacob. And through the wrestle, Jacob was altered. And not only did he physically walk now with a a limp, he didn't come in like that. He came in like this. He actually came in like this. And he walked out like this. I don't recommend that. (laughs) So he walked in with the wisdom of the world. And he walked out in the wisdom of God. With a new name. This is the one that wrestles with the Lord. That's what Israel means. So get used to wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Remember Lily? You want to whistle, Dad? Let's whistle. When she couldn't say wrestle. Out of both my daughters, Lily loves it the most. Oosh. <laughs> and then he finishes by saying this. What do you desire? So Paul says, what do you desire? Do you desire the kingdom of God with power or just words? Because it's not of words, it's of power. What do you desire? Then he says this, shall I come to you with a rod or with love and a spirit of gentleness? 
See, that man was so humble and full of God, he was able to administer the authority of God. And he said, you know what? I love the church. And you choose how you want to receive me. As a loving father who's looking down on his children, do you want me to come with a rod? Paul wouldn't have fitted too well into our PC culture today, would he? I don't think he would have cared too much. Or do you want me to come in love and gentleness? You decide. Is the day today the day that you're going to turn towards him? So I come. I want to come in gentleness. I want to come in, in the spirit of. The rod is still in love. Okay, it's all love. It's the discipline or the long suffering. You choose, and because God loves, He will discipline us. Why? Because He loves us. Discipline is not punishment. Discipline is discipline that leads you into discipleship, which leads you into a, um, a desire, which leads you into delight. So he comes, and Paul is saying, it's not God, Paul. Why? Because I'm wrestling, I'm in labor again for you. Galatians 4.19. I find myself in labor again for you, for you until Christ is formed in you. The man laid his life down for you and I. And he didn't even know us. The reason wisdom is not what we know about God and our ability to articulate words, but Christ's life being demonstrated in and through our lives is so our faith would not rest on the wisdom of men but on the power of God. Tell me, who is the power of God? Right. I'm going to read that again. The reason wisdom is not what we know about God and our ability to articulate words, but Christ's life being demonstrated in and through our lives is so our faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on Jesus Christ. So you're putting your faith in your ability to build you or in his ability? Are you building your faith upon me to feed you or on you, on God to feed you? Are you building on our ability to present or come up with some sort of environment that you feel comfortable in or in you seeking him? Are you putting your foundation in money, children, husbands, wives, sport, houses, holidays, careers, or him? All those things I just mentioned are perishing. We're all going to die, aren't we? He is forever, yes? So the same guy called Paul then says this, I've been crucified with Christ. Christ crucified. 1 Corinthians 1.18 The word of God. I've been crucified. It is no longer I who lives. I'm not operating from the wisdom of the world. I tried that. I tried being religious. Puffed me up. 
and got me going the wrong way. (laughs) And by God's mercy, in my, um, what's the word, ignorance, his mercy was covering it. And then he, when he chose me, marked me, because guess what, I was predestined, and placed his son within me, everything altered, and I turned around and, whoa, started going that way. You know what's phenomenal about that story, what I just said? I'm going to really test the God we know right now. God was comfortable letting him kill his people. Well, if God predestined Paul before he was ever born for a particular time in history, then God knew what he was going to do and he was killing the church. So God was watching his plan unfold. So are we comfortable with that? Do we know the God who we're worshipping? Because that would take a lot of people out. Because if God doesn't fit into my box then I, don't, I get unrattled, don't I? So once again, I just told you, just pray to prayer and God may bring something to rattle you and if you don't realise it's him, you're going to run away from him. So you've got to know him. All of him. If you know all of him, you receive all of him. But anyway, so Paul is arrested from the wisdom of the world into the wisdom of God. And then he says, so now it's no longer I who live, but Christ, the wisdom of God, the power of God, lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, the body, the physical suit, I live by faith, not in my ability that got me nowhere, but in the Son of God, who loved me, and gave himself up for me. I'll leave you with that. Father, I thank you for what you are sharing through us. And I just thank you for the realm, possibility, reality, the life that is found in the Son. And when that Life is revealed more and more in our hearts and our mind and our spirit being. We come alive. And I thank you that the power that rose Jesus from the grave is found in Christ. I thank you that all things don't lead to Rome, they lead to Christ. And because Christ is in us, Lord, we ask for the word to be revealed more and more and more. So the seed that lives within us, Lord, I ask it would be revealed more and more and more. We would partake, we would eat your flesh and drink your blood. And doing that, we would start to change because it's the power of your Holy Spirit that you sent to change us, that we're now able to live from this kingdom realm, from the realm that lives within us, Father. We would live from it. It would be built, it would be established, it would be formed in us. So then, God, we're able to live from the substance of it. We would be a people who live from your rest because we have ceased from our works. We would be a people of joy, not happiness, joy. We would be a people of peace, 
of love, of patience, who endure all things. Because we're fighting a fight. It's a good fight and we're finishing well because the future that we see, because we have faith that's laid up for us, we are receiving. We believe all things, hope all things for one another and for ourselves because we are becoming a community of one, a community of one mind, one spirit, one purpose, one love. It's you in us, Lord. And so, Lord, we put our hands up, we signaled to you this morning our desire to be changed, to be different, and we've given you the authority to do that work. So we ask you to come right now and start doing the work that we've asked for so we can receive the fruit of that work and in doing that glorify you and demonstrate you to a world, and in doing so, be prepared for our inheritance. We ask this in the powerful name of Jesus, Yeshua, Yahweh, God, the Alpha and the Omega.